Before Tiara and I begin, we would like to acknowledge that we are currently on the land of the Darug and Gurungai people. Sovereignty was never ceded, and this always was, and always will be, Aboriginal land. Welcome back to another episode of Not To Be Controversial. Today we are here to talk about sustainability, inclusivity and periods. You may be thinking, what the hell do those three things have in common? But they do. They're all interlinked and <laughs> we're about to tell you how. And today I'm here with your beautiful, beautiful co-host. Me, Varsha. <laughs> and myself, Tiara. So... Sit back, relax, grab a cup of tea, and thank you for listening to this week's episode of N2BC. Alrighty, so before we dive real deep into the topic, obviously we've got to start with a check-in. So the check-in question for today is going to be a little bit vague, because I can't seem to think of one that really relates directly to this, but I guess whoever you're listening, whoever is listening here... Let's talk about periods for a second. So, how do you feel about getting your period? And when I mean this, I don't mean like, are you just hormonal, whatever, whatever. But like, do you think you could go into a store and pick up a pack of tampons or, you know, buy some reusable underwear? Do you think you could do that? And if you couldn't before, can you do that now? And men, if you're listening to this, have you ever had to go into the store and buy period products for your girlfriend. That's something that I want to know, actually. Or just, like, mum, partner, sister, whoever it is. Or mum, partner, sister, niece, cousin, girlfriend, whichever. Have you done that and have you felt weird about it? There's no reason to feel weird about it because a period is the reason you're alive. Yeah. Or missing a period. Missing a period is the reason <laughs> why you're alive. <laughs> Literally. But, yeah. Tiara, how do you feel about it? <laughs> How do I feel about getting my period or it in general? No, how do you feel about buying products? Like, have you ever felt uncomfortable? Have I ever felt uncomfortable with buying period products? To an extent, I haven't felt... It's not nearly as scandy as buying, for example, birth control because it's a completely Mm. separate thing. But I know that when I'm on my period and I have to go buy it, I feel to an extent guilty because I am a avid moddy body users but we'll get back into that later Ooh. but before I religiously started using moddy body and how awesome it is um I was an avid tampon user and the thing about tampons is they're not as they're not as um easy to keep track of as pads are because they're small little bullet shaped things and um they can get lost very easily. So I would keep on buying and buying packets of, like, I don't, I, my period is two days long. TMI, but it's like two days-ish long. And I don't have a bad period. Thank you, God, whoever. <laughs> but I don't have a bad period. So sometimes I just, and it's bad. I try my best to keep track of it. But sometimes I just leave trash everywhere. And I'm just thinking, over the past however many years I've had my period, how much waste have I created? 
obviously I, when I'm on other things I think obviously when I'm on my period I think about other things like oh I'm very hormonal I want chocolate I need to sleep where's the heat pack that I had about four weeks ago I don't know where it is anymore but yeah I find that I create a lot of waste on my period and that's a lot of the time just from period products and you don't really think about that until you look at the options available to women and how much of them are disposable and made up of plastic. Yes, and I think that brings us to a very special point in the episode where we need to say a massive thank you to Modi Body. Yes, Modi Body, if you guys haven't heard about it, is an amazing sustainable feminine hygiene brand that specialises in period underwear. Now, if you're thinking... What is so good about, I'm already so accustomed to tampons and pads and diva cups, what is so good about period underwear? There are many reasons why I support Muddy Body and why I love Muddy Body and why I use it. First of all, it is less intrusive. TMI, but if you've ever used a tampon or a pad, and of course there are more options available to women, that may just be um, lesser known, but... There is nothing more intrusive than sticking a tampon inside of you, right? I've never used a tampon. I'm too scared to use tampons. <laughs> is, that, is that really weird? I've just never used one before. And yeah, like even um, period cups, like the reusable cups, I tried using one and I like, I could not do it. It just feels... It doesn't feel right, so I've just, like, stuck with pads for such a long time. So I think, to me, period underwear sounds like such a better alternative. Yeah, yeah, it feels much less intrusive. I, tampons, uh, basically, at the time, they were very available to me, and it was much better, in my opinion, than wearing a pad, because a pad just, I know when I'm wearing a pad. Do you ever get that feeling, whether it there is this oh, on a hot summer's day, the pad gets really gross and you can feel it, but that's not even in my like personal experience. Oh my God, stop, stop. I'm just getting like, oh, it's horrible, isn't it? It's like the worst feeling. And then a lot of the times I'm like, oh no, I'm like going to bed, but then I can't fall asleep because I'm like a wedgie. <laughs> just, this might be way too much TMI, but like, mm, it's Yeah, it's not even TMI. It's just something that hasn't been talked about because there's so much stigma around it. And there's only so much that we as women talk about when it comes to periods but yeah honestly modi wearing modi body it is something to get used to but it is way less intrusive you don't feel like you're wearing a nappy a lot of women like that i've you know recommended or given period um underwear to modi body they've been like oh doesn't it feel gross no when I wear it, I don't feel anything. I don't even feel like I'm on my period. It's any, if anything, it just makes me feel more secure, which is even more of a reason to use it. So yeah, it's less bulky, less intrusive. It's better for the environment and you're creating less waste. And honestly, it kind of makes your period much more manageable. Obviously the aches and pains are still there, but you don't have to worry about leakage or anything else. We'd like to thank Modi Body, Modi Body Red, and we'd like to offer you guys a discount code. Use the code N2BC15 
on the Modi Body website and you will get 15% off when you spend $100 or more. This excludes the Give a Pair program, big bundles, maxis and gift vouchers. So if you were thinking of trying more sustainable period options, definitely give it a go. They have heaps of options, heaps of sizes and brand new colours, which I love. Yay, oh my god, I was smiling throughout the whole thing, I can't believe. Yeah, no, but oh, I'm just so excited, I can't explain it. I think one of the reasons... But yeah, so I guess going back to our check-in question, after all that amazing news about Modi Body, I used to be really, really embarrassed to get period products. Like, I would always get my mum to go and get it. Like, I wouldn't even stand in the same aisle. Um, it was awful. And then I think when I finally lost my period and I got it back, I was like, I'm never being embarrassed of this again. Like, if I need to tell someone that I'm being a bitch today because of my period, I'm going to say it because I'm so freaking proud to have one. And it, it means so much more. So I'm more than comfortable to go and buy products now. And I also think it's like, why are we embarrassed of it? I don't know. It's just, it's one of those things. But, you know, that's a tangent. That's the check-in question that lasted for like 15 minutes. Apologies. But <laughs> we also have a cheeky discount code for you. So, woo. <laughs> but getting into the main, the main meat of the topic today, we're going to be talking about sustainability first. So... Sustainability. Lots under it. And I guess the main question for this episode, the moral, the crux, the real deal of this episode is whether a sustainable lifestyle is actually accessible and whether and what sustainability even means. Because I feel like to all of us, it has such a different meaning. Tiara, what does a sustainable lifestyle mean to you? And do you think a sustainable lifestyle is accessible to everyone? A sustainable lifestyle for me, um, first of all, I want to address that I'm very privileged in the fact that I can, I live in a nation or in a country where I can be sustainable and I have the means to. Sustainability to me means maybe limiting how often I eat meat, which is something that actually I had a thing with beef <laughs> until quite recently. Um, I just tried not to eat it. And you know when you eat some, you don't eat something for so long and you feel really sick? Mm. That's what it was for me and me. So it was really weird reintroducing that. So sustainability means doing things within my own life, whether it's small steps, using less plastic, etc., to benefit greater society and so that the things that I use once won't end up in landfill somewhere. Often that is not the case. And it's really difficult to be sustainable. But if you take baby steps and educate yourself, which is what I'm currently trying to do, then it'll do you well. And it's a learning process. But also being sustainable is difficult because capitalism is a thing. And I think mm. Vasha, rebuttal, once again, I always say, Vasha, call me a bitch if you want, like rebuttal if you want. But this is how I feel. Like, I feel like you hear that <laughs> phrase a lot. But I think that sustainability has become commoditized so much that it's actually um, unattainable but also um, it would be expensive to um, create sustainable material and clothes I think a lot of the times with the exception of Modi Body obviously whenever I go to um, brands that say oh sustainable fashion they're quite expensive. I think when you look at it in the grand scheme of things as well things like pads are a lot cheaper than spending a hundred bucks on Modi Body 
but it's also in the long run what's going to last you longer mm, yeah 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 that you, yeah yeah you have a point and it's not being made by some child in indonesia yeah so. Because I think, sorry to interject, were you going to say something? No, I wasn't. Okay. (laughs) Let me just interrupt you, bitch, the debate. (laughs) Um, Well, so for me, sustainability is, yeah, I think exactly what you said, just doing what you can within your means to create less waste. Um, So for me, that means being vegan because that that works for me. Um, For me, that means, it doesn't mean buying clothes that are made from exactly sustainable companies all the time but what I've been doing is I go up shopping more or the main thing that I've honestly done with clothes is I buy less clothes because it doesn't matter whether you're going to buy from an up shop or whether you're going to buy fast fashion and go to freaking princess Polly or pretty little thing or whatever but if you're buying like a hundred different t-shirts from an up shop or pretty little thing it is the exact same thing at the end of the day because and, and I know people are going to be like, oh, well, at least like in upshots, it's upcycled or what? No. Okay. Here's my theory or not even a theory. Here's a pretty blatant factor. Here's my opinion, I guess. <laughs> if you're buying things from upshops, uh, as like upshops become more commodified and commercialized, the prices there are going up. So people who actually need to go to upshops to buy clothes for the sake of like financial affordability aren't able to mm. right and you're also just buying a lot of clothes that is a lot that is a of, lot you're consuming yeah. a lot mm. and then if you're going to a pretty little thing and you're doing that obviously that's even worse but it's still just a lot of clothes at the end of the day at the end of the day you're gonna have a pile of clothes in your room and to me i if you can't afford to go to a sustainable brand or if you can't find an op shop near you, go to Pretty Little Thing and buy a t-shirt maybe. And if that's it, then that's it. But make sure to use the things that you have because hmm. there's clothes that I have from Kmart or whatever that I bought years ago and I still use them because they still fit me. They, they're they not worn through. I'm going to use it for that and I like them and that's it. But I, I just like, I hate people who do massive hauls on YouTube and they're like, I went thrift shopping, guys. I'm a sustainable person, but I just bought like $200 worth of clothes because it makes no, it's literally contradicting yourself in a YouTube video. And I know Emma Chamberlain right? does it a lot. Yeah. And it breaks my heart every time she does because I freaking love her to bits. But Emma, please, if you ever listen to this, please stop doing so many hauls. And I think she has lately. So maybe. So maybe that's kicked in. I feel like she'd be a really cool anti-capitalist, just saying. But anyways, tangential. Um, But yeah. I agree with Vasha. I am going to admit that I have been on sites that aren't the most reputable or environmentally friendly, and I feel terrible, terrible, terrible buying from them. But also, if they're an article of clothing that I'm going to utilise for a very long time, then... I can somewhat justify it because if you know me, you know that I will wear the same outfit on repeat and that's fine because I own a washing machine and it's not a tampon. So I think that if you're going to wear it and if you're going to utilize it for a very long time, then it is justifiable, but you have to be mindful with what you're buying. I think there's also a line though. Okay. So I feel like this entire topic is so contentious in the sense that with fast fashion versus sustainable fashion or Mm. slow fashion or whatever you want to call it 
there's that idea of if you can afford it, then you should be going for sustainable fashion. And by that, I do not mean an op shop. I mean like sustainable brands that probably are a little bit more pricey. So I think there's this idea that we associate sustainability with high prices. Mm. So if you're richer, should you be paying more for clothes that are sustainable? Or is it okay if you go to a cheaper store that is fast fashion but reuse that shirt or reuse the same pair of pants? I feel like, I think if you can afford it, then I think sustainable fashion is the way. Personally, this is just my opinion. This is not a fact at all. But I feel like if you can afford it and you can spend the money, I would say sustainable fashion is a better route than buying from fast fashion companies. But then and again, like, I'm not going to say that I always have the money to go to a really high, like, expensive, sustainable brand. And there are times where you do need to settle for a fast fashion company, but then it comes down to what Tiara and I were saying before about reusing it. Mm. What do you think of that? Do you think if you have more money, you should be spending sustainable fashion? I would agree, but do I want... Elon Musk to not question the UN on how they would spend his money to alleviate world poverty and hunger. Yeah. Do I think Jeff Bezos should spare some money to help the impoverished? Yeah. I can't tell people how to spend their money is the point. And it's shitty. But I think to an extent, Mm. we all have a responsibility, a moral responsibility. You can disagree with me as much as you like. But I think to an extent, we all have a moral responsibility. Mm to not be sustainable but be considerate and that includes the environment so ideally if I were I like if I had Jeff Bezos money I would shop sustainably and yeah I would shop sustainably and I would shop mindfully do I want people to do that yes but also do I have control of people's financial situations and bank accounts no so I think the only thing that we can do as a society and individually is just to be mindful and do our part in what we can and what we're able to yeah for me sustainable shopping whether that means going to an op shop and I guess sometimes op shops do tend to be a little bit more expensive than certain stores as well I find depending on where you go and what you're buying but I find that if I go to an op shop and I'm like I need these clothes and I buy them I know it's going to be a yeah, bit that's more a very expensive and I'm willing to yeah. do that and I'm in a privileged position to do that I think that's so important and you mentioned this before mm. it is about privilege at the end of the day um and I am lucky enough like to to I guess be able to say no I want to spend a bit more money on this shirt instead of going to a fast fashion store and buying it there the journey to environmental consciousness it's a big one right and it's something that you will face many hurdles with and if you're someone like me who is still learning it's something that you have to grow with and mm sort of learn about and Vasha and I too faced those struggles especially entering the activism space at 16 17 um or just not even actually scrap that not even being in the activist space just being political females young kids and not being taken seriously and whenever we push for change and say hello we'd like legislation that is feasible for um people that can that work in coal mining and you know something that will also help the environment but also not cost people their jobs the politicians turned to these whole ass 17 year olds and said all right bitch what do you want us to do and kind of were pinpointing us and demeaning us and I like okay uh, this is just 
very quickly going to turn into a rant about climate change. Go for it. (laughs) I think that it is really rich when you debate with an old person and they, or typically an old person or a conservative, basically this whole episode of environmental consciousness brought up a bit of PTSD in high school. You all know how much I hated high school, especially year 12, but I remember there was this one dude that I clashed heads with frequently. Like, we were, we fucking... Oh, we all have that guy in our high school. I swear to God. They're just, like, they're always there. They're just there. there. And it's like, you don't even approach them, but they approach you. And I was like, why? Right? It's like, girl, keep my name out of your mouth, first of all. Second of all, you're wrong. Third, you're just... Shut up. But the basically the point is, um, I remember once we had an... It wasn't intense on my end because I kind of just sat there like, mm, I'm not going to disagree or agree with you because it's not the sort of the banter and the back and forth isn't my time. But he was like, yeah, the climate's changing, but that's normal. You know, we've already had the ice age. We came out of it. The dinosaurs, asteroids, blah, blah, blah. He, it went on. It was tangential as shit. And um, he was like, change is usual. It's something and we how we should adapt to the change. What What's one degree more? And it's not about that. It's the speed and extent of change that makes the adaption to certain climate and weather patterns impossible. And even if the human life did adapt to how bloody hot it was and, you know, bushfires every December and floods every Feb, our food and resources, they won't catch up. They won't be able to adjust or produce or get used to profound change. And something that I wanted to talk about, because we are talking about what we can do to be more sustainable, but honestly, in a liberal democracy or in a democracy in general, guess who, and I know some people are going to disagree with me, but guess who has the responsibility of at least trying to make it look like they're doing something to help the environment and protect future generations. Vasha, do you want to guess? Oh, I I don't even need to. I feel like we all know, don't we? Take it away. Polly's. Our our elected officials, the people who allegedly represent us, should be doing something about it. So I'm going to change the course of this entire written episode and ask Vasha because this is something that I feel like we genuinely (laughs) would have had a conversation about if we weren't so busy with work and uni and shit this week. How did you feel about COP26, like genuinely? Um, Okay, so I went to a protest this week and basically the entire message of the protest was Liberals gotta go, 2050 is not enough, ScoMo, you suck. And that's the end of it. So I think it's been a complete failure. And I also think that in general, conferences like COP26 are honestly a waste of time. Like the amount of money we put into it, the amount of taxpayer money that we put into it, if all of that money went into renewables or just a more sustainable future instead, it would be so much better well spent and it's just really, really frustrating that we've had 26 of these conferences. What do you think is going to fucking change now, mate? Like, seriously, just get on with it. And I feel like every single country is starting to get on with it by themselves. Um, mm. And I think Australia is just one of those countries that is just stupid and just won't. But I don't think this conference is going to change the game. And I, and I feel like it clearly hasn't. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, For people who 
don't know what COP26 was. Um, it was basically for almost 30 years or something ridiculous like that for a pretty long ass, actually not too long, but for a long time, the UN has been trying to bring together every nation on earth for these global climate summits. And so there was one in Glasgow this year and they all had, what was it? Australia didn't sign up to a pledge essentially made by dozens of countries at Glasgow that was talking about phasing out coal-fired power. So surprise, surprise, the US and India and China were like, nah, screw this, bah. And wannabe Trump, uh, this that, that's a stretch, right? You might think it's a stretch to call um, a SCOMO a, a wannabe Trump. Yeah, he's not as bad as Trump and Boris and all those men, but that's because he has like a decent PR team and Australian um, politics is as it is that we, you know, won't at least hopefully we don't let a dickhead come into office next time we have a federal election which I think is which I'm like 99.9% sure is next year in Feb Jan maybe I'm wrong but Varsha has a point in talking about these um general meetings these summits there are pivotal this is it is a pivotal moment in the fight against climate change and I would love some internationalism in this bitch. Like, I would love for once that we agree on things as important as human rights issues. All of these summits, great. Okay, we love the facade of internationalism, but why did the League of Nations fail? Why? Because there had to be unanimity for decisions that were made. And if certain countries didn't agree, like, I think it was... Germany, Japan and Italy that left, or my modern history brain can't really remember, but in the grand scheme of global politics and unity, yes, countries do their own thing, but I would really love to see some international cooperation, and that's not really going to happen. I get that. I see that. But you could at least, you could at least put on a facade, Scotty, for marketing. You could at least try to put on a facade of trying to do something. He's just not stepping up. And that pledge to cut emissions to net zero by 2030, it was just a sort of, it was a sort of surface value action that was chucked at us to think, oh yeah, I am doing something. Like, but no, no one's buying your bullshit anymore. Like, no one. <laughs> like, it's uh, it's not even, like, uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that rant was very educational for any of you, but literally those are just our thoughts on everything that's been going on. And I guess, yeah, if you even slightly engage in the climate movement, it's just really frustrating to see the same thing happen over and over again. And it can just feel really disempowering sometimes, so I think we had to get that out there. But... Yeah, I guess back into the topic of sustainability a bit more specifically, I actually wanted to talk about diets in the sense of the vegan diet, the, the carnivore diet, the all meat diet, whatever diet you're on, I don't know. What's your thoughts on veganism and all of that, Tiara? What are my thoughts on veganism? Mm. I wish I could go vegan. I really wish I could. Um, I think veganism. And what's stopping what's you? What's stopping me? Um, I. Why aren't you freaking vegan, Tiara? <laughs> no, I'm joking. Try vegan. Um, um, why aren't I vegan? I don't know. Here's the thing. I don't eat bacon. 
I don't try not to eat beef. I'm a, I'm a big chicken bitch. I, and, and, I, and I'm like, that's the thing. I, I go on TikTok. I see all the PETA ads. I see how animals are treated. And honestly, that's a big reason why I stopped eating like pork and beef or I try not to because it's just really disturbing to see how these animals are treated and how mm-hmm. they're transported and how they're detained. It's gross and disgusting and I hate being a human because of it, but... I think that I genuinely have become accustomed to how accessible meat is and how mm. it has been a part of my diet since I was a child that it's hard yeah. for me to shift my mindset. And I'm very proud of you because Vasha actually, she didn't grow up vegan or anything. She made the switch and that would have been... Wait, you grew up vegan? No, I didn't. No, but like... What was a lot easier for me is that the only type of meat that I've had as a child is chicken. Mm. So, like, it wasn't that big of a deal. And, like, I live with my mom and she's a vegetarian. So, like, other people in my family do eat meat. But I think living with a vegetarian, even then, it was like, oh, my God, you're going vegan. Like, you can't drink this and you can't eat this. And all of that is still there sometimes. But it's definitely a lot easier when... You don't rely on meat as much. And I guess, like, for me, like, probably dairy was a little bit tricky in the sense of, like, granola bars and shit. Like, a lot of that stuff has honey or it has milk solids or what I don't even know what milk solids are. But apparently they're just in every freaking thing. But it was those kinds of things. But going vegan, like, hasn't been that hard and it didn't change my life all that much, I have to say. It's only been in certain situations where I'm like, oh, this is a bit tricky, but... It's not that big of a deal. And a few months before that, I was vegetarian anyway for like a year before that. So it just like, I think it just gradually kind of eased into being vegan. Um, But I guess my thoughts on veganism are that like, I don't love how some people press it upon others. And I feel like the kind of crazy vegans who are like, everyone needs to be vegan. If not, you hate animals. I feel like that race is slowly dying out. But... Mm. It's, it's still kind of there. Like, there's a sense of pride that some people have in being vegan. And I don't understand it because there's so many reasons that people aren't. Like, for me, for a long time, it was because of my relationship with food. It was definitely not a path that I wanted to go down. Because at the end of the day, it does restrict a lot of foods. Um, like, it is harder to go outside and eat sometimes. And that's just the reality of it. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It can feel a bit more expensive sometimes. It... It isn't always. That's the thing. Like, if you're going to try and substitute every meat product, it is going to be more expensive. But, like, it just really depends on what you're eating. And also, I think, like, food is obviously really important for sta- for sustainability, etc. But food is also part of culture. And I think in a lot of, like, mm. Indian culture, a lot of the food is vegan. So, like, I'm quite lucky in that sense. But if you've grown up eating meat, it's not going to be something that you necessarily want to take out or that you can take out. So... Yeah, I just hate the whole, like, crazy vegans who are just like, stop eating meat, everyone, you're killing the animals. Mm, they're not entirely wrong. Like, <laughs> like we are killing the animals. But it's, um, it's also the way our society has functioned and the way in which animals are sort of... Oh, I hate using the word harvested because it, it seems so barbaric. But mm. the way um, animals are sort of raised for slaughter and then the way they are actually necked is, it's, it's quite bad. And I don't like seeing that. And it honestly just makes me want to eat meat less, but 
yeah it's just it's it's a journey like everything is a journey right everything is a process but I think there are obviously there are health benefits to eating um um eating vegan and eating clean and there are also health benefits to eating meat that can't be replaced by different sort of leaves and vegetables so honestly everything in moderation and make sure that if that's something you care about you should look into how animals are treated and ethical treatment of animals and buy, and try to buy ethically. Yeah, but I also think the whole idea of eating vegan being associated with eating clean, those two mm. things are not one and the same. They're completely different things. Like the whole idea of eating clean, first of all, that's a like, completely messed up idea no. to eat clean because like, what what is clean? Is it just grass? Like, sorry, are you a cow now? Are we all going to go and eat grass? Like, you go do that. You're not going to get anywhere with that. For me, like eating vegan, I think my diet is still balanced. Like it's it's whatever I want. It's not, oh, now I need to eat like lentils and uh and leaves and grass mm. and carrot juice every morning. Like that's not my diet. Like I think my diet is relatively the same to like, I guess what you would consider your standard. Like there's still pizza. There's still, I don't know, strawberries and ice cream and all of that stuff. Like it's not any different yeah and I think like that's also a really big thing because some people do go vegan just to like lose weight but then they'll say it in the name of sustainability and wanting to care about animals and maybe they do have that intention as well but I think it just becomes a bit conflated with a really bad relationship with food sometimes and yeah I think it's just an easy way to mask Mm, why you're actually doing something when it's not for a good intention okay so diet Done. I just really wanted to have a chat about veganism. Again, not pressing that upon anyone. Like, please go vegan if you want, but like, also no pressure to because last thing I want to be called is like a crazy vegan. Um, but I also wanted to talk about greenwashing, and something that I find really difficult is I will go and buy clothes from a brand or I buy shoes or I don't know whatever it is, and I'll like have my little good on you app on my phone and I'll be looking it up or I'll be looking up the grades that brands get. So like there's this like fashion grading system thing that they have for like Target, Kmart, Zara, whatever brand you're into, Louis Vuitton, whatever it is. And they will grade it like an ABCD based on their worker management, um, their environmental goals, etc. And like how they source the materials and all of that. And I will have that out. And I remember once I went to this store and I bought some clothes. And then a few weeks later, I realized that it had its grading had gone down or it just like wasn't as sustainable. And it's just really, really hard to know when a brand is good or not, when they keep advertising that they are sustainable and they do have inclusive models. And they keep saying that like environmentalism is a way. And then they're asking you to, to donate $2 for a tote bag and half of that two dollars goes to a charity it's like how do you fucking know what's sustainable and what's not do you struggle with that tiara i think that the nature of those sort of instagram and facebook pages and those trends especially so there's something that i saw the other day which actually directly i don't think it ties into the inclusivity aspect but it does into the sustainability aspect well I don't know if you've seen it but every bloody where I go on my Instagram page all I see is the we'll plant one tree for every pet pick 
um, that <gasps> oh you include. Oh my god, include. I just saw this and pedestrian article like, that said it was fake. <laughs> right, exactly. And it's like, right, there's like 400,000 pe- like plus photos. And yeah, I like your, like, just show me a photo of your dog or your cat or your rabbit or your mm. mouse or your fish or your lizard your anything you could like your also I was gonna say like your boyfriend or your girlfriend but that's kind of slack but because uh, I saw so- someone did that as a gag that was like it included a photo of your pet and it was like a friend of my friend's boyfriend and I was like huh, lol um but not only is it like that ties back to my point right like where the hell do all of these like how is that possible where does the funding go who is being a part of like who is a part of this um who is behind this it's right it's like instagram stuff it's just so shady and weird and that's why i think today we have to be really mindful of what we consume and that's the thing about like activism right like it's a misinformation disinformation thing but also if it is an issue that pertains to a certain ethnic group or so for example the um this is still an issue the israeli occupation of palestine hashtag free palestine um but I remember seeing at the time when there was a lot of media traction towards it, I remember seeing something um, about a fundraiser. I'm sorry, I don't – I'll try to go back to my socials and, like, read over conversations. I don't I particularly remember, but there was an Instagram repost going around and people putting it on their story. And the controversy that arose from it was that the people that were behind it, A, were not Palestinian and B, were not – really giving the money to any Palestinian or Palestine-based organisations and honestly don't know where that money or where those funds or where any of that traction, I don't know where it went. And it's just another example of people being quote-unquote inclusive or understanding um, for all the wrong reasons. and. Yeah. It's just, yeah, that really, that shit me off the wall, right? Because it's genuinely an issue. And it's a genuine issue. It's a terrible issue. But once again, the sort of capitalistic, gluttonous, greedy, honestly, the, the, the nature of social media and of some organisations and some self-motivated people that, that fucked no it didn't fuck it it actually it it was used as a ploy for probably some random person to get money and that's the thing about inclusivity as much as I want to see it I also want to see it happen genuinely and for the right reasons and so far it's actually been at the expense of someone else's issue or a terrible thing that's going on and I hate that yeah it kind of feels just essentially like exploitation and I think it's also questioning, like, are the black models and the South Asian models and, I don't know, the Chinese models being paid just as much as your white models are? Are the plus-size models being paid just as much as your size zero models? And I feel like sometimes those questions are just never answered and it's hard to get an answer. So on our story, we asked you, what does a sustainable brand mean to you? And a lot of you said ethically sourced and eco-friendly. It means many things, but it's often very lip servicey, very much agreed. Another person said ethical trading practices, no exploitation of animals, no sweatshops. And I think Lush is a really good example of this because there definitely have been instances where they have been called out. But 
they seem to kind of redeem themselves from time to time. I'm not really sure where they stand at this point and like what their practices are. I haven't looked into it for a while. But yeah, I think it's one of those one of those like cruelty free vegan places that tends to get a bit of bit of lush. No, I get that. I love lush. I love Lush only because, like, I remember when I was younger and I'd have, like, I'd have money saved up or I got birthday money. The first thing that I would go to is Lush. And one thing I like that they do is I can take back all of my old um, containers mm. and I get a freebie and I love it. Sorry. I, I, I'm i a Lush bitch. Like, literally, me and my cousin Sashka, I'm going to name drop her now, but it's fine. She'll not care. Um, <laughs> me and my cousin Sashka, we do this thing where we get each – every year for Christmas, we get each other a little Lush thing, whether it be a bath bomb or a – no, because you know how they have products that don't have containers? They're sort of just wrapped in um, um beeswax or yeah, yeah. Degradable, biodegradable – a material um well it's just it's not only is it a great gift but it also you don't feel guilty because it's not something that you particularly have to throw away or it's something that can go back to the shop and be recycled washed and reused yeah I completely agree with that and we asked do you think sustainable brands are inclusive and accessible so a lot of people said most are exclusive in some ways um because they don't have enough money or support to do so or don't see it as an issue And some people, like, most people essentially said no. Like, they aren't accessible, and a lot of the times they aren't inclusive. And I think that's just a fact. And I think it is also hard for a smaller business to always have the most ethical values, in a sense, which is probably contradictory to what they're doing, but it does take a lot of money, and it does take a lot of resources to do that. So mm. I feel like the onus sometimes does lie on bigger corporations like Fashion Nova, like Pretty Little Thing, Princess Polly, White Fox, whatever, whatever. Or Shein, for instance. Freaking Shein. I fucking hate Shein so much. Like, don't even get me started. <laughs> Sorry. Hate Shein. I have bought things from them when I was in high school, and I just, like, it makes me mad, but I still use it. Just, like, awful. Um, and like Zuffel and Bromway and stuff. I think a lot of the onus does lie with them because they have so many customers. So if they start diversifying and making sure that their resourcing is ethical, their prices will go up and people are going to start to realize that like paying two bucks for a t-shirt is not normal. Yeah, listen, I don't know how, I don't know who made it. I don't know if it was a child. Like that's, that's the thing. The thing that I don't like about, not only do I not like about it, but like you feel guilty when you buy from a shop that you know is um, not ethical. Mm. But that brings a really good point up, the idea of guilt. I feel like if you know you're doing what you can within your means, I don't think there should be a sense of guilt. And I know it's much easier said than done, but there are times where I've accidentally eaten something that wasn't vegan or times where... I have maybe like bought something a while ago from a store like Zuffle or Rumwee and I like still feel guilt about it sometimes and I'm like trying to unpack that and just be like I I, now that I know I'm doing what I can and like sometimes you're just not going to have the means or you just you're just not going to know Mm, and it's okay. Yeah, I remember, okay, now that you mentioned that, and I think I've apologised for this, but at my birthday party, you accidentally, either you ate the one, the variation of the pizza that wasn't vegan, 
I no, think you did. I there ate was the like... vegan one because I didn't get sick the next day. If not, my stomach would right? just go no, crazy. No, because I, I swear I bought a like vegan gluten-free fireball pizza. <gasps> oh and I God. was like, there is, okay, I was just like in my head. I think I told my sister, I was like, there's a vegan and there's a non-vegan. Don't let Vasha touch the non-vegan one. And I saw, I saw like freaking, I saw thingy. <laughs> I saw, I was about to name drop someone I can't name drop, but I was, I saw one of our mates eating the fireball one. Like that was like, I knew you were, I, a part of me was like too drunk to figure yeah, out <laughs> how, so what was going on. I was like, fuck, why is it me? Why am I the one that accidentally gave her meat out of all no, our friends? <laughs> I went up to Tiara and I was like, mind you, we were both fairly drunk <laughs> at this point. I go up to her and I'm like, Tiara, is this one vegan? And she's like, yeah, yeah, Vasha, it is. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm trusting you. And then and then somebody else is like, no, it's not vegan. What are you doing, Vasha? And Can I ask who said that to you? Because they I were either... I don't remember. But someone oh, said it, and then, like, I, like, was sitting there, I was, like, fairly drunk and, like, texting my mom, like, I ate something that wasn't vegan, and she's like, it's okay, you're gonna be fine, I'm like, no, I can't believe I did that, like, the amount of guilt I used to feel, now I don't feel that as much, not that I don't care, but, like, I'm gonna mess up, so I think it was honestly Shit a good happens. learning lesson, and I think it was vegan, ultimately, so it's fine. I think it was vegan, too, because, um... I went and looked at it. It was the one that no one had touched. And it, there were, like, two slices missing. And there was no one else there that was vegan. So it was either, like... And they use, like, almond-based cheese. So I wouldn't have been able to touch it because um, uh, yeah, you I'm allergic not, to Oh, nuts. my God. I can't believe you sacrificed your life for me. Thank you. No problem, babes. Bare minimum. I'm kidding. Just <laughs> goes into an anaphylactic shock for a vegan. We love Oh my gosh, I imagine, I'm like, oh, like, you're like, is this vegan? I'm like, no, let me check, bites it and dies. <laughs> dies. Oh my god. Honestly, no. it's like that time, it's like that time I was at home alone, and I was like, I really want to try Nutella, so I had like <gasps> a, um, little, like, no, no, less than a spoonful of Nutella, and it was hazelnut, and that's a quite a low reaction, um, not to my nut allergy, my intolerance, my anaphylaxis. So I had an open in hand and I was like, hmm, and I was eating it and I didn't feel like my throat was going to close up, but I still felt like itchy. And I was like, okay, yeah, hmm, maybe oh, not. Let me try maybe some I more. Try again. Let me test how intolerant I am. <laughs> but yeah. Oh my God, you're I, crazy. That was a joke, but also I would do it again just in case, but in no. a controlled environment. No, please. No, no. Um, I don't want to have to stab an EpiPen to you. EpiPen into you ever. I've never had to and I never want to. Also, last week I think I sent every one of my mates a little did you get that how-to EpiPen thing? I saw thing? that. Yeah, I thought that was so sweet. So, y'all, if you're looking away to spread messages about sustainability or whatever you're doing, it's honestly things you send to people. Like, Tiara sent us a really cute post about how to use an EpiPen and, I don't know, it's those kinds of things. Or in high school, I always used to use beeswax wrap instead of um, cling wrap or whatever for my sandwiches and wraps and stuff. And, like, people would be like, what are you using? And I used to kind of hate it, but I'd also be like, fuck yeah, I'm using this. I'm not wasting plastic. So, yeah, I think that's also a really good way. Mm, yeah. Alrighty, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this long, tangential, ranty episode of Not To Be Controversial. Um, we're about to sign out. So thank you for joining me and the beautiful... Oh, sure. Oh, it feels weird calling myself beautiful, but yeah, I am beautiful. <laughs> you, you is. Um, 
And once again, don't forget to use our code on modibody.com. Um, our discount code is N2BC15 and you get 15% off when you spend $100 or more. Uh, this excludes the Give a Pair program, bundles, maxis, and gift vouchers. So make sure to browse the website because I know I'll be doing it. Yeah. <laughs> and next week, we have a very, very, very special, special guest for you guys. We sure do. I'm so excited. I'm already quaking, screaming, crying, throwing up. You know it. So very excited. So stay tuned and thank you guys for listening. <laughs>